Season 2 of Hard to Believe is a proud part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can find this and other great shows at cageclub.me. The complete Season 1 archive is also available at hardtobelieve.me. This show is now available on YouTube. Just search Hard to Believe Podcast. You can email me at john at cageclub.me. We're on Facebook at Hard to Believe Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at ProbablyRealJB. That's P-R-O-B-A-B-L-Y-R-E-A-L-J-B. The show is written and produced by me. Dismissing and disregarding sound science has emerged as a major cultural phenomenon this year. Anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers, conspiracy theories about the CDC and FEMA and pandemic and so on. But it's hardly new. In fact, long before Dr. Fauci became a household name, so-called skeptics fueled a ton of social media traffic by openly doubting something as fundamental and observable as the shape of the Earth. Something that ceases to be interesting science to most people after they learn about it in first or second grade. One such influencer is a rapper, Bobby Ray Simmons Jr., better known as B.O.B., who, in the middle of the 2010s, started taking to social media to ask, where's the curve? And later, starting a GoFundMe to pay for a satellite that he could use to prove once and for all that the Earth is not a sphere, but a disk. All other satellites are, as you have surely already concluded, in on it. Famously, no less than Neil deGrasse Tyson attempted to intervene laying down some science to talk B.O.B. off the conspiratorial ledge, but not surprisingly, this did little to move the needle. Around the same time, NBA star Kyrie Irving at first flirted with flat-eartherism before fully embracing it, saying, quote, The Earth is flat, I'm telling you. It's right there in front of our faces. They lie to us. Irving later walked this back, claiming, when asked by a mainstream news source, that he was trolling. That's the new get-out-of-jail-free card for anybody caught espousing nonsense beliefs. As my guest, Daniel Clark, knows, Flat Earth now is a strong enough and diverse enough following to qualify it for inclusion in a conversation about the most prevalent conspiracy theories. Clark's 2018 documentary, Behind the Curve, explores the movement and lets its most ardent adherents speak for themselves. I asked him to talk to me about what he learned from making the film and if the events of the past three years have led him to reconsider any of his conclusions. I'm John Brooks, and this is Hard to Believe. Daniel Clark, thank you for um, for joining me. Thanks for having me. If I can start with this question, what possessed you to pursue this particular um, phenomenon of modern flat earthers uh, in your in your first full length documentary? Uh, it was really two things. Um, the first thing was I am very interested in the psychology of belief, and you know I'm really just interested in how people form their opinions, especially conspiracy theories, because I have some conspiracy theorists in my life. And so I wanted to look at that. But then also Flat Earth was this thing that was not really explored in in any sort of significant way in documentaries. And me and my team, uh, Caroline and Nick, we realized we could use this as an example of a, a belief that most people would disagree with and hopefully wouldn't uh, polarize people before they even saw the film to kind of objectively look at, uh, I, I guess I guess we wanted to say Flat Earth is so unbelievable and most people would reject it and it doesn't really carry any, you know, stigma of being like a left or right conspiracy 
that we could look at it and hopefully uh, people would have fun watching it, but also learn something along the way. So you say you have a, a background in um, or or some life experience with uh, conspiracy theories. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Uh, yeah, I don't really want to get into the who exactly, but you know, <laughs> some fine. people very very close to me are, are conspiracy theorists in a, in a couple of different ways. Like there's the 9-11 truthers. Mm-hmm. Um, with that comes other government conspiracies and, and disbelief. And then, uh, you know, also I was frustrated because, you know, if you ever talk to somebody who's a conspiracy theorist kind of on any level, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a circle that doesn't really close. So you can, you can tell them all the facts. You're like, this happened, this happened, nine 11, this, you know, and then you'll get a question back like, well, why is it building seven in the commission? And you're like, Oh, uh. <laughs> I guess that's what kind of makes, um, the flat earth thing kind of interesting because I think the average person, if you go out and um, ask someone on the street, <laughs> is the earth a sphere? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're mostly going to get yes. Right. But, but then if you ask like, what is the actual science that proves that? Mm-hmm. I think it gets a little bit more complicated. Uh, do you find that that is one of sort of the avenues into how people get kind of intrigued by this idea? Yeah, I think that's a really big part of it because you never really have to defend the Earth being a sphere, so you're not prepared with that evidence offhand. So, you know, if, if a flat Earther were to come to you and say, like, "Prove the Earth's a globe," <laughs> right. you've never had to do that before, so you're not prepared, and they're prepared with all their counterarguments already. So, like, uh, and and Hanalor says it in in the film. She's one of our our science communicators in the film. And she says, like, if you don't have someone that's going to give you a satisfying answer, you may look for alternatives. And I think that's very true because, uh, you know, if, if you're susceptible to conspiratorial thinking and, and maybe if you're open to flat eartherism, you know, they have all these answers prepared and all these reasons why it's supposedly not a sphere. <laughs> and you don't really ever have those reasons it is a sphere. And um, I found that a lot of flat earthers have a lot of their answers ready. So if you say like, well, how come stars are different in the Northern and Southern hemispheres? <laughs> they have an answer for that. You know, if you say like, well, the sun rises and sets and all this stuff and the seasons happen and they'll, you know, they have all these prepared responses because they've had to answer those questions before. And you've never had to answer those questions to defend a sphere in your life. You, probably most likely. <laughs> yeah, no, it's an interesting point. I, I, I imagine if you went on YouTube and, and tried to search videos about the earth being round, um, you're not going to find a ton of stuff, right? You're going to find uh, a few things for like third graders or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, you don't have a ton of YouTube channels devoted to round earth theory. Um, and, and uh, a lot of the, I suppose, sort of status quo assumption of that, which seems self-evident, right? actually does leave a, a, a really big opening for these sort of grand conspiracy theories to come in. Yeah, because, I mean, you don't usually have to prove something that is just a fact in reality. How big is this uh, movement? Uh, well, first of all, I guess when you were making the film uh, in, I guess, 2017, is that mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yes. Um, and, and between then and now, I think the landscape of conspiracy uh, infrastructure has changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the time you were making the movie, um, how, how big was this? Uh, and has it, has it grown uh, in, in the meantime? I think when we were making the film, it was getting close to its peak. Uh, 
because it was hitting the first international flat earth conference. That was a big part of it. And it just seemed like the movement was really growing bigger and bigger. And then kind of, I would say peaked around the time of the conference. And then, I mean, honestly, like when our film came out, Google trends go up again. <laughs> and so it's, it's a little tough to tell why that was, hopefully we didn't get people interested in it, but, um, it seems to have tapered off a bit now. And I think some of that is boredom. Um, some of that is people just moving on to different conspiracies. Cause there are a lot of new ones now, like QAnon is obviously a big one. And, um, you know, politics I think took over quite a bit more than it did in 20, than it was around in 2017. And so I think a lot of the attention has shifted and also people in conspiracy theories tend to get bored or they kind of play themselves out and there's not really much more to say because um, there's not really any new developments. Uh, people are just saying the same things and, you know, they're looking at whatever the newest NASA thing is or SpaceX thing and they'll, they'll just yell at that for a while. But it's it's kind of a record on repeat after a while. So do you think that a lot of the people who maybe came in on the flat earth conspiracy then end up going either on to other conspiracies or just sort of leaving that one behind and it's kind of like a gateway conspiracy or or how do you think it fits into that structure um what we found in making the movie is it seemed like flat earth was uh you you wouldn't go straight to flat earth necessarily there now there is some like religious element that could get people there directly Mm -hmm. but generally speaking it's a conspiracy theory and to get there you have to kind of be openness to to conspiracies in general so i would say it's a gateway i would say it's probably uh, a result of moon landing 9-11 whatever have you just different conspiracies and kind of working your way towards flat earth because flat earth would be the biggest one and it would kind of explain if you want some of the other conspiracies along the way, like if the moon landing was fake, why did they fake it? Oh, it's because the earth is flat. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about Mark Sargent, um, mm-hmm. who is, is the kind of primary subject, I suppose, of, of mm-hmm. your film. Um, how did you find him? And uh, how did, how did you get him to agree to be uh, that exposed? You know, in, in my subsequent documentary, uh, pursuits post behind the curve i've never had a subject that was more available and open to being on camera than mark um because his phone number and his email address i don't know if they still are but at the time they were on his youtube videos just in like the comment or like the description section he said call me or email me and so we did and he was he's you know up in uh, an island off the coast of seattle and he said if you're willing to come out here then i'll talk to you and so I did, and it was it was that. I mean, I think he he enjoys evangelizing. He really likes to, mm-hmm. you know, t- talk about flat Earth, and any audience that he can get, he will take. And you know, I at the time when we were filming, I hadn't seen much in the way of interviews with Mark. And since we made the movie, it's kind of embarrassing because <laughs> everything that he said on camera to to me, and that we put in the movie. I've seen him repeat those lines so many times in interviews and, and different appearances that he's made. And that's okay. I mean, that's just, you know, it's just, he's holding true to what he believes and he's holding true to the arguments that he's found are effective. So, but it, it is funny to, to see everything that's come out since, but yeah, Mark was very open to talking to us and 
he vouched for us uh, with other flat earthers that because Mark was the first person we reached out to and then went to Patricia and then Bob Nodell and then Jaron and Nathan Thompson. So, yeah, all these different people. I have to admit, like one of the things that um, I found so interesting about your movie, uh, I think I watched it about a year ago and I've I've been um, it's been bouncing around in my brain ever since. Uh, and. I, I sort of clicked on it on Netflix being like, oh, Flat Earth, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I found, well, first of all, your your portrayal of um, Mark Sargent to be um, very human. I, but I also, you know, he seems like a really good dude, I mean, for the most part. And, and, uh, and relatively, um, you know, not overly kind of for lack of a better term, abnormal. I, you know, there's there's not a bunch about him that I can't find in a lot of people that I know and have met. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what the hell's going on? <laughs> like, so what what makes him think the Earth is flat and make this his um, his sort of you know religious you, you know use the word evangelizing right? Mm-hmm. Um, what makes him an evangelist of this? I think that's that's a great question. I. You know, Mark at at the core of Mark, he's a kind person. Like his mom raised him right. Like she's she's a wonderful person, and she you know did a good job. Mark has some weird history where he like used to used to make his own fireworks and sell them to the people on the island. So that, you know, he has some things, but uh, generally, he's a kind person. Like he wouldn't hurt anyone. He but he does say th- some things that are offensive, and that's that's for sure. There's no excusing that. But um, I think you know he's always been really into conspiracies and just as a, mm-hmm. as kind of a hobby or an interest, I, it's hard, really hard to describe exactly what you'd call that. But he also has a lot of free time. Cause I think one of his main jobs now is like helping his mom manage properties on the Island. And so there's, there's work to be done, but there's also a lot of free time and you spend that online. And I think he started making these videos because it just seemed like something he wanted to do. It was kind of a hobby. And they caught on. And I think because they caught on, he doubled down in Flat Earth. I think if they would have just gone into the wind and just nobody paid attention, then he would have probably moved on to something else or moved to the different conspiracy that seemed more interesting and shiny and new at the time. But because Flat Earth caught on so much and he was at the center with his uh, Flat Earth clues that he made, the YouTube videos, I think he then found a calling, if you will, you know, like if, if this is what you're known for, you're not going to just turn away from it. If you actually believe it, you know, he didn't really have any moral issues with it. He just said, okay, now I'm the quote unquote expert and people want to interview me. And if you want to put me on their news shows and their documentaries, great, I'll do that. And that'll be what I do. Yeah. It's an interesting thing that you said. I, I, that, um, you know, that you can't, it, you can't sort of uh, present evidence to someone who believes something sort of this fundamentally and expect them to stop believing it, right? Um, do you think that there's something also in, in say, the case of Mark Sargent where um, the availability of, um, like, having a YouTube channel, that you, something you might sort of believe, um, that the belief becomes more uh, sort of ingrained uh, or or entrenched because you have that outlet because you have that um, that platform to sort of uh, you know elaborate on it to an audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's not exclusive to to flat earth or conspiracies. I think you see this a lot with any mm-hmm. kind of punditry. <laughs> yeah, 
that, you know, you start, you and, and people question, like, d- does Ben Shapiro really think that? Like, uh, do all these people, like, r- does Alex Jones actually think what he's saying is true? <laughs> and you don't know at, actually, at a certain point. And I don't think they know at a certain point. Um, you know, one of the things we wanted to do is make a Tommy Lauren documentary. It's never going to happen. It, it's impossible. But we just wanted to be like, what's going on in your brain? Uh, <laughs> Because because that question really remains because you're like this person can't believe everything they say yeah and you know but maybe and and this is something for people smarter than me and more knowledgeable than me in psychology like maybe saying it so many times and trying to convince others you do end up believing it yourself or at least the cognitive dissonance is going to work in the favor of you ignoring any disbelief you may feel and again i don't know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> no well i you know that you bring up alex jones um and i think that's a good contrast to between him and, and someone like mark Sargent because um it seems like with any uh sort of conspiracy theory um structure there is the true believers and there are the grifters mm-hmm. right and and that relationship sort of always exists. I get the sense that um, I don't think, you know, doesn't seem like Mark Sargent has, has, has moved over to the grifter side of it, that he, that he really does believe what he's saying and what he's doing. I, I, I certainly think that um, Alex Jones is on the grifter side of it. I mean, I think Alex Jones is a professional and uh, uh, accomplished grifter. Um but who, who within this community do you think that there is um, a uh, alive and well grift element uh, within Flat Earth, uh, and and if so, like where does that live? I can't say I've witnessed it, but I have heard stories, and and this kind of is is this weird hearsay that happened in the community where one of the people who was a big promoter of Flat Earth. Um, came out with like an article or some some sort of post or something like that that said like, oh, I made it up. I was really a journalist all along. And then they went back on it and said, no, I was just lying about being a journalist. I'm actually a flat earther. And it was just this weird back and forth. But I haven't seen anybody with my own eyes or even really heard about that is just in for the money because there's really not money in it. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> um, I think... You know, even even the the success, if you want to call it that, that Marcus had, because he gets flown around. He's been in some commercials uh, for some Australian company. I forget. It was like, it's so easy. Even a flat earther could use it. Um, What really? Yeah, I I forget (laughs) the name of it. It was like some like app or some betting app or something like that in Australia. Uh, So yeah, so he has had success, but it's come at the cost of many 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 hours of his life that have been volunteered by him and so he has like a radio show he has his youtube thing going on and i'm sure he gets some compensation but you know to to call him a grifter i think would be not correct i think he genuinely believes it and i haven't really seen anybody else to the level of his success that is just trying to capitalize on it now i'm sure there are people in the conspiracy world who are doing that. I just don't know them. One, one question that um, I think you, I mean, you, you, you spend a bit of time on in the movie and um, I, I think the answer is that it's, it's untraceable in some way, but, but it, it comes down to this. Um, how did this movement as it exists today um, sort of, how did the dominoes start to fall to, 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 to where it is today? Cause, cause for instance, if you, you know, if we're talking about the, 
10th century, right? Mm -hmm. Flat Earth is not a conspiracy theory. It's a, it's a fact, mm -hmm. right? Um, that's just the way that people think. And, 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 you know, if you take the Bible literally word for word, like you should believe the earth is flat. That's what the Bible says. But, you know, for the most part, again, uh, it seems the general populace has accepted the, um, the, the scientific model, including the Vatican. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it seems that, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago, like I didn't hear about anybody who took this seriously. It really does feel like the last maybe 10 years um, that it, I've noticed it on my radar. Um, how did it come back? How did the modern version of it, as far as you understand, like reassert itself? So from what I can glean just from, from everything that I've heard subsequently from making the film and also the process of making the film, um, conspiracies themselves have kind of been consistent. There's really not a spike right now. Uh, it's just maybe there's more prominence to accessing them. Uh, and I think a big problem with flat earth specifically was, and I'm going to blame YouTube because not right. only could people, not only people getting recommended these rabbit hole style vortexes of conspiracy, you know, they'd watch something about, the moon landing and then that would lead to an anti like the moon landing was faked thing and then they'd watch that and then that would autoplay to something deeper and hollow earth and whatever you know you know how it goes mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. so that i think was a contributor because youtube was designed i don't think incorrectly but it was designed to keep you watching youtube <laughs> and you know it's it's like you know when pandora I don't know if you ever use Pandora. Oh, I did. Music. Yeah, I still do. <laughs> but it, I feel like it always ends up on like the same music. No matter what station I start with, it just ends up going to like Ben Folds. And I'm like, I kind of like Ben Folds, sure. Um, but I think that was a lot of it where it would just kind of keep leading people to these flat earth. And I think the exposure was really high. And not only that, but I think people were able to create their own videos. And I think that's where you see a lot of people getting interested because once you contribute to something, feel like you're more emotionally invested mm -hmm. and then you're part of the cause or part of the movement, I guess you could say. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and blame YouTube <laughs> because the website, you know, Flat Earth Society is kind of a joke. I, I can't really make what exactly it is, but it's definitely weird. And nobody in the Flat Earth community that I've talked to appreciates it or respects it or thinks it's true because that is kind of the only thing that was really sitting around for a while. Hmm. But because of YouTube, now you have Eric Dubay and you have all these other flat earthers that made these crazy long videos and quote unquote documentaries. I say that as an elitist documentary. <laughs> um, but, you know, they made all these videos about flat earth. And, and I think there's just so much there's literally too much content to absorb in your entire lifetime about flat earth that was being fed to people. And I think that led to a big rise in it and YouTube changed their algorithm. They also started adding like uh, fact checking, that sort of thing, or, or at least calling out, Hey, this is a conspiracy theory and here's all the reasons that's not true. Mm -hmm. So they have like the little Wikipedia links below the videos now. And I think that has helped. Uh, can't say for sure any numbers, but I feel like that has led to a bit of a decline and also the non autoplay to the next conspiracy video has been helpful. I I've noticed, um, so again, this is something I started thinking about after watching your film, uh, and and I've I've noticed a um, an ingredient of the uh, the various sort of uh, conspiracy 
cults and infrastructures that I hadn't noticed before. Um, and that is that uh, there seems to be in every case this um, arrival of a kind of a shadowy um, apparent insider. Uh, and so, mm. for instance, of course, in, in, in QAnon, it's, it's Q himself, right? Um, mm -hmm. this, this guy who's working in the deep state and uh, is transmitting messages through uh, 4chan or, or whatever. Um, and then I also thought about uh, more recently, there was the, um, the Israeli uh, uh, space program um, mm -hmm. higher up who, who, you know, when he first came, like, the first thing he says is, oh, yeah, there are aliens. We've known about it for a long time. And then you're like, oh, interesting. Interesting. And then he's like, and Bill Clinton met with them underground. And it's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I, 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 you had me at there are aliens and I can tell you about them. And then, uh, you know, suddenly it became a lot more grand and elaborate. But, but often you will see those sort of people cited. Now, there's, there's the guy in the, the documentary, I can't remember what his name is, um, who, who plays that role. Um, um, are you talking about math? Math? Yeah. Mind? Do you know any more about him than you knew then? Um, gosh, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a guy. Um, the community kind of turned their back on him because I think he was too aggressive and he kind of just wasn't because a lot of the flat earthers enjoyed the positivity of the movement. And when there was a lot of drama, they didn't enjoy that. They kind of tuned that out. Mm -hmm. Well, what was he, what was he claiming? And is there anything I, he, he claimed he worked like in the space program or for the CIA or something like that. Yeah, right? he was like a subcontractor of NASA, and yeah, his claims were were very uh, easily, you know, you could search it, you could call people and ask, and you know, they were all wrong. But huh. you know, his his claims were that Mark Sargent was an actor that was hired by the CIA, <laughs> right, and the <laughs> FBI to infiltrate flat earth and make them look quote unquote dumb, which doesn't obviously make sense for so many reasons. Um, but one of those reasons being that he brought so many people to flat earth. Right. And it right. wouldn't really make sense. Um, yeah. It's tough to, to say what his goal was. I think he was just, you know, maybe that was just his personality and he felt wronged somehow by maybe not getting the credit he felt he deserved. But he's a good artist. He makes cool floors. I don't often <laughs> hire him, but he's really good. Uh, but your your assessment is that he was an imposter. That that his claims of being um, an insider were not true. You know, I, being a subcontractor of NASA has so many implications. Yeah. And the story, <laughs> his story, is that he was at a NASA party with a bunch of high level people, and someone said the Earth is flat and looked at him weird. Uh, now that could, you know, any, you could miss, you could think of what that might actually look like in reality. And someone in NASA, maybe being sarcastic or cheeky could say that and then like, look at someone weird and then be like, Oh God, that guy thought I was serious, you know, or maybe it was someone admitting the truth to him, which seems unlikely. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, I do know. I do know that. Too. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I wonder what you think that um, that people get wrong about flat earthers. Um, if if there is a if there's a um, a gap between the general public conception of who they are and what they believe um, and what they actually are and believe. Yeah, I think it's it, there. Are definitely two things that come to mind. First of all, it's the general one that they're stupid because they're not. Um, mm -hmm. 
just like any populace, some of them are stupid. Uh, <laughs> a lot of stupid people who don't think the earth is flat. And that's mean to say, I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> generally speaking, like they're, they're just, they're not like, it's not because they're dumb that they think this, like a lot of them are extremely smart and they're overthinking it. Um, and the other thing I think that people get wrong is that, oh, uh, I want to talk to, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard this so many times, like, oh, uh, I want to talk to a flat earther. Cause like, I want to ask him like, what do they think like gravity is? <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first. Um, because people think that if they just could tell them right. the science or the math that the flat earthers would change their mind and be like, oh, I was completely wrong. And I think that's, you know. I wish it were true that you could just give someone facts and they would change the way they felt, but that's not the fact. Yeah. So that, that, that's a big thing. It's like, it's, it's not easy to change someone's mind, especially flat earthers. Like they're not going to look at the, the evidence that you're presenting and think that it's don't assume that they've never seen your evidence before. Right. And is, is there a notable correlation between flat earthers and uh, people who are, religious fundamentalists or not or it, it, you know are you as likely to be completely secular um and a flat earther as you are to be um a sort of christian evangelist uh, i would say mark and patricia and and kind of all the people that are in the film i would i would call them more agnostic than christian i know christian christianity has you know the the bible to reference but i think generally speaking they're not really christian i mean maybe they were raised that way but to call them fundamentalist, I would I would disagree with that. I think a lot of flat earthers are, and that's how they get to it. Right. But but a lot of the people like Mark and, and Bob Nodell and, and a bunch of these other people, they came at it through an angle of conspiracy and you know trying to understand how the world works. But you can't believe in flat earth without believing in some higher power or some being that created it. So in that sense, you're you have to be agnostic at the minimum. And so yeah, I, I think there is definitely a huge overlap, but I think the prominent members are not necessarily preaching Christianity alongside Flat Earth. I think it's a bit separate. And, and, and there are exceptions, obviously. I'm sure you could find if you YouTubed Christian Flat Earth, you'd find a bunch of stuff. But I don't think that the movement goes hand in hand with fundamentalism. So in the um, in the years, the few years since you filmed the movie, um, I, as we said in the beginning, a lot's changed in um, in the the role that conspiracy theories play in um, our culture. And of course, uh, we were just talking about the impeachment trial that's going on as we're recording, and um, you know that you can't separate that out from this sort of uh, conspiracy infrastructure. At the beginning, you you said that um, one of the things that drew you to flat Earth is is that it's um, you know relatively harmless. Or I don't know if that's exactly the words that you use, but but um, you know that of all the all the various conspiracy theories, it's hard to like be mad right about them. Mm-hmm. Do do you feel differently now? I like has have have the events of the last few years that all sh- uh, changed the way that. Um, the conclusions maybe that you drew um, having made that film. We do think that, you know, me and, I mean, and my team um, in theory and in, and in practice, generally flat earth is harmless, but it's when this belief goes beyond individual identification or, you know, just something people do with their free time and just watch these videos. When it goes from that to actually making decisions for other people based on their belief as a flat earth, I think that's when it becomes problematic. And that's what you're seeing 
I think now the fact that there are QAnon conspiracy theorists and 9-11 truthers, this is all the same person in Congress. Um, I think that is problematic. And I think it becomes harmful and it really becomes harmful if the movement becomes big enough because then you have a mob that is willing to be led and is willing to be, you know, part of something. And if that turns into some violent act, then sure. I can definitely see that as being a problem. Um, I don't think the belief itself is dangerous, but it's dangerous when the belief itself is being thrust upon others. And that's, that's true of all conspiracies and, and denial of reality. I would argue. Um, the end of your film has uh, a team of flat earthers uh, doing an experiment with a laser. Um, and <laughs> I love, the, I love the way this ends. And I, I love the, that you end with sort of this, um, you know, kind of a cliffhanger <laughs> um, moment, right. Where they where they're uh, absolutely determined um, that this laser experiment, they're going to do in a river uh, is going to prove that the earth is flat and then they do it. And um, lo and behold, yeah. it achieves the opposite, <laughs> the opposite effect. Um, and then they say, Oh, we must've done something wrong. Right. Or, or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. And that's, that's sort of the ending. Um, so how, like what, what were you trying to say um, with, with that, with that ending? Uh, why, why sort of leave it there? You know, I think a lot of the people who watched the film were, especially early on when we showed early versions of the movie to people, they would say like, Oh man, I really want to like see the rest. Cause we did the one laser <laughs> test and it failed. And we're like, all right, we want to see that concluded. And then also people would, would say to us that, uh, you know, if, can you get like a scientist and a flat earther to talk and, and that sort of thing. And, and that one of the things we kind of knew going into that is that the thing I said earlier, like a scientist and a flat earther talking is not going to yield any results. So we wanted to show an example of them doing a scientific experiment, you know, not getting the answer they wanted or the result that they wanted and then their reaction to it. And so in the film, we see them concluding that, you know, the, their experiment didn't work. And in fact, proved the opposite that the earth had a curvature to it. And then their reaction to it was complete denial. And there must be something wrong with the test. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely what we wanted to show is that, you know, tell you what like no matter what they get it's not going to change what they believe they should have gotten right because there's always some kind of there's always some narrative that you can put in right that's going Mm -hmm. to say no 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 no, that's not that's not why um so if that's the case then um i don't wonder if you have any thoughts about uh you know I, i i'm sure you're not an expert on you know cult deprogramming or whatever it is but you have a lot of scientists in your film. Um, obviously, there's a lot of exasperation going on there. Uh, and of course, you know, you you and I both agree you can't sit down with someone who believes this and be like, see, here's a chart as to why you're mm-hmm. wrong. Um, I wonder if you have any thoughts about what we can do about it. I mean, it, it, how, how do you um, steer someone in the right direction and prevent them from sort of falling down this rabbit hole aside from, you know, banning YouTube. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, it's a long road and I think we're kind of in a dark place as society now because people think that because they have access to 
the internet, they have all the answers and there are a lot of answers on the internet. Um, but I would say that there's this, this scientific mistrust that's happening. And I don't think scientists are completely blameless. I think they for so long have never had to justify their findings or anything like that. Um, and so the media, sorry, this is like so many tears. I'm just going to break it up. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and, then, and again, like I could be proven wrong and, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm completely wrong, but this is what I've discovered and kind of concluded over some time is that scientists haven't had really had to prove, had to explain why they found something to be true. They'd just say, here's our evidence. Here's the experiment. Here's the findings you interpret what it means, or this raises these other questions and go on from there. Um, but then you hear a lot of media reports that are confusing and backwards. And so they'll say like, you know, chocolate is good for you. And then they'll say chocolate's bad for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. So that's what the public is experiencing. And there's then this thought that starts creeping in that science doesn't really know what they're doing because they keep flip-flopping and they don't, stay consistent and there's also this this idea has arisen that science is some sort of belief structure Mm. when really it's not it's just a a structure of discovery and it's like a a, it's a procedure more than more than a belief so what i think science has to do and what we can do to kind of stop conspiratorial thinking is do a better job at explaining what science is right and also, I think the media has some responsibility to be a little more okay with not such bold statements. Because people either want it to be one way or another. They don't want a gray area. Uh, like, we want to know, like, we found a black hole in CERN or something. Right. <laughs> right. When it's like, uh, well, n- no, no, we found the things that could contribute to the start of a black hole and you know it's actually really complicated and here's all the science and i think people aren't okay with those nuanced answers so maybe just sh- changing culture entirely <laughs> <laughs> great easy um no it's it's a great point i and and you know it, it also it makes me think the sort of opposite side of that coin is also um just as as important which is the idea of there being two sides to every issue when sometimes there isn't right and mm-hmm. and, and you yes. know if you the, the the notion of believing in climate change that has become so uh prevalent in the media right like no you, you can't mm-hmm. believe it's not about belief uh it's do you understand or accept the facts of climate change not um you right. know do you do you believe it that's a great point of do you understand the facts that's that's a great question yeah. um you know and there is a, there is a whole industry and you know, there's uh, uh, I forget the this the person's name, but there's this this study called agnotology, which is the study of c- the creation of ignorance hmm. and the creation of these muddied arguments. And yeah, like one of those things is the both sides thing. That's such a yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because it's so interesting that we think there have to be two sides to an argument, right? it's like well no (laughs) right and there can be it's just that one side can also be objectively wrong right and that i think that's that's something that uh, culturally i guess we don't we don't love we don't like the idea that there can be a wrong because it's america and you can believe and think Mm and say what you want right like um and and those two things kind of existing side by side is uh it's very difficult but 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before we go, do you want to talk about whatever your um, your next uh, venture is? Yes. So uh, we're going from a flat Earth project to a project which we are following astronomers trying to find the ninth planet in the solar system. <laughs> it's Pluto. We already found it. <laughs> no, it's actually uh, from the guy that killed Pluto comes a brand new planet. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're following Mike Brown and then a bunch of other astronomers and astrophysicists as they, because they have the math, they just don't have the image. So they're going to a lot of telescope runs and trying to take images of the next planet in the solar system, which is, Far away. Some people call it Planet X, but it's not the weird one that people think is like right next to the Earth. Not that one. <laughs> um, so, so how sure are we that there is a planet uh, out there? Is it just a matter of just documenting it, or is it a matter of um, establishing and proving it? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, there's a lot of reasons that the math works out. We keep discovering these things past Pluto or these things past Neptune, these trans-Newtonian objects, TNOs, they're called. Um, and they're all, they're all these Pluto-like structures, and they're all affected by this gravity of, you know, our solar system as we know it, but also this outside body, mm. and we don't know what that is. And mm. all people who are really good at studying this stuff have worked out models that say, like, this makes sense if there's a object of this mass out here. And that would be another planet, you know, five times more massive than the earth is affecting the way all these other objects move because they wouldn't just move like that. If the solar system was how we understand it to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) When this planet's named, are we also going to use a Disney character to name it, to appease all of the uh, children who are angry about Pluto being taken out of the solar system? You know, I think it's going to be called goofy. Uh, Donald. No, not Donald. Uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah. No, there's, there's some talk of calling it David Bowie. Oh, nice. Oh, I love that. But or, I don't think the International Astronomic, <laughs> Astronomic Union would agree to that. What about but, Ziggy Stardust? You know, I think these are all great names. If, um, uh, if it gets to be, if it's Ziggy Stardust, I'm going to take full credit for, um, great. for that. Great. <laughs> uh, well, when that's all done, um, come back and talk about it please i'd love to have that I would conversation love to. uh fantastic um daniel clark is the director of behind the curve which you can find on netflix uh where else can people find you Dan? people can find me on twitter and instagram at djc film it's mostly just my cats uh <laughs> people can discover more about uh what my company is up to at delta v that's we got all our other stuff up there daniel it's been a real pleasure thanks a lot thank you so much for having me Gone past 100,000 miles I'm feeling very still And I think my spaceship knows which way to go